listeners and welcome to episode 9 of the Rapid Ascent podcast, our first episode for 2020. Hope you had a good Christmas and a good New Year. Um, thoughts and prayers uh, go out to all the victims of uh, the bushfires over the summer holidays. Just been absolutely tragic to watch on TV. Been relatively safe down here in Torquay, so just our hearts and minds go out to those who've suffered or have been affected by the bushfires throughout the summer holidays. Best wishes are with you right now. Uh, but we've got a, a really good guest to kick off 2020 in the Rapid Ascent podcast. Uh, we've got Samara Shepard. She's an absolute gun on the mountain bike. Um, Commonwealth Games representative. She's from New Zealand, but she now calls Wollongong home in New South Wales. She herself was actually affected by the bushfires um, during the summer holidays. So find out what she has to say about that. Um, she was also headed for Tokyo 2020, but... Um, changes to the, the way that the IOC qualifies participants and nations actually affected her chances of qualifying. So that dream has been put on hold, the Olympic dream, but she has big plans and she still maintains a smile on her face, which is great to see. So really good guest. Hope you liked the episode. Uh, let us know what you think in the in the ratings on iTunes or on the Podbean app. Um, love to hear your feedback. Otherwise, here's episode 9 of the Rapid Ascent podcast with your guest, Samara Shepard and host Ben Hucker. Thank you. Samara Shepard, welcome to episode 9 of the Rapid Ascent podcast. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you on the show. Now, how's your, how's your Christmas New Year been? Yeah, really good. Um, been here in Wollongong. It's been a big year away. Uh, 2019, there was a lot of traveling all around the world actually for some mountain bike races so it's um yeah it's been really nice to be in a, one location for a couple of weeks over christmas and new year's yeah very good have you got bushfires up your way australia's just been there yeah not far from us actually. um yep. yeah it's making riding quite challenging in our area it's uh a lot of smoke and the air quality isn't great so it's um yeah it's not great for cycling at the moment but uh yeah, it could be a lot worse. Um, yeah, we're pretty pretty safe at the moment in Wollongong. Yeah, it's good to hear. Now, you hail from New Zealand, sorry, Kiwi. Have you adopted Australia as home yet or you're still well and truly a Kiwi? Uh, definitely a Kiwi through and through. But, um, yeah, Australia, I love living here and it's um, heaps of fun. Like the cycling community is massive and we are quite similar here in Australia to the Kiwi culture in that we're quite relaxed and welcoming and um, enjoy a good time. So, it's, uh, yeah, it definitely feels like home at the moment, yeah. And you were born in Otago, is that right? Yeah, I was born in Clyde in central Otago, uh, but I moved to Wellington just before I started school. So Wellington is is really home for me, uh, wild, wet, windy Wellington. So, yeah, I was going to say Wellington. And yeah. you came from... So you moved to Australia in 2016, I think. That was after you met your partner, Kyle Ward, who's a champion cyclist here in Australia. Is that right? Exactly, yeah. So I met Kyle at a race in Tasmania and then, uh, yeah, we moved over here. It's, um, I guess it was, wasn't really a hard decision. I come from a place where it's quite windy and wet and, it's, um, and Kyle comes from Wollongong where it's sunny all through winter so <laughs> in terms yeah. of climate it's a lot nicer place to be here for training and things like that so yeah he um he couldn't travel across to, he couldn't he can't live there every time we go there it's a uh, <laughs> challenging cycling conditions if you're not used to yeah, it yeah and 
I understand that you come from a trail running background or running background. Was it trail running or were you a, a road marathoner? Uh, so it was cross country and mountain running yep. in Wellington. Uh, we have a really we had a really strong scene at the time growing up as a through school and competing. I also did a little bit on the track, but um, yeah, I more enjoyed the off road adventure style of running, and uh, I think that's. That kind of led me into my my cycling career. I guess um, yeah, I had a lot of injuries in running, and then yeah, I took to the mountain bike uh, as a bit of a rehab option. And my family was into it. My dad was into it. My brother, yeah, we had a strong uh, race series as well, a local one, PNP. So just a natural progression, I guess you could say, into mountain biking through running. And so just a little bit easier on the joints, mountain biking. <laughs> easier on the joints but not as easy on the bones and the skin and the <laughs> yeah had a few crashes over the years but um yeah definitely a lot the the less impact um yeah it's got a bit of what sort of injuries uh did you incur when you're running were you at an elite level when you're running yeah so uh yeah national level as a runner but i had a lot of stress fractures uh, in my hips and my femur, so yeah, I took a long, uh, long five years to diagnose compartment syndrome, uh, and then I had the operation and just haven't been able to run again since. So, so I can bike, so I bike and enjoy that <laughs> instead. Uh, compartment syndrome. Can you take us or give us a brief description of of what that is? Yeah, so it's like uh, your muscles. If you think of them like a sausage. Um, yep. It's just like it builds up with pressure inside the sleeve, and so it can't expand when you use them. Um, so basically, they had to slice all the muscle sleeves so that the muscle couldn't expand. And um, yeah, before it was just getting, it was just dying essentially inside. It was just getting more pressure and more pressure and more pressure inside. So you had to slice it like a sausage on the barbecue. You have to slice it. <laughs> It sounds nasty. <laughs> yeah, it's nasty, but it's actually quite common apparently. Like, uh, and rugby players, especially people with really big muscles, they um, like in their arms and things like that. If you get a lot of arm pump, it's a way of releasing the pressure. Well, you made the. It sounds like you made a, a quite a successful transition to mountain biking. Was it success from day one? Like you had that. You had just had quite a good base level of fitness to jump on a bike and do some big marathons immediately, or did you take yeah. some time to work up to that level? Um, no, I, definitely the fitness transferred pretty well. Um, I also, there wasn't a huge amount of women racing at the time. So I, I, um, I, I, won, I won my first race I did pretty much. And um, I think when you get that little winning bug, it kind of, it's a little bit addictive. Um, sure. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there was also quite a strong junior scene. Like we had the in two thousand and six, we had the world championships in Rotorua, New Zealand, for mountain biking. So there was a lot of uh, hype around in the country, and and um, yeah, I just just enjoyed it really. And and when you enjoy something and you want to do it a lot, you progress pretty fast. Did you find it tough to stay motivated initially with without much female participation? No, I enjoy racing the men. Um, we got to race so you the enjoy men. Enjoy taking on the guys. Yeah, exactly. So I, I ride with a lot of guys and men, and uh, yeah, it's fun. Like they're they're another level, and uh, yeah, just the opportunity to to improve and challenge yourself, and um, yeah, not have limitations on 
and what the roof is 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 quite awesome so yeah you've got some amazing training grounds there in, in new zealand so i can imagine the passion was quite strong initially yeah new zealand. Um, sorry I was going to say, did you dabble in any road cycling on top of your mountain biking or has it always been off-road? So over the years I've dabbled a little bit in road cycling. Um, I've done a lot more recently, more recent years for training purposes and just enjoying like the simplicity of road cycling. I have done a season, half a season on the road internationally over in Europe. Uh, just there wasn't like a lack of mountain bike races at the time. I was in Belgium um, and there was a lot of road races I could do. So I kind of just transitioned, jumped into a few of those for a bit of a hit out and really enjoyed the scene and a different challenge. But mountain biking always kind of drew me back to the exploration and getting outdoors and into the nature and just the style of riding it's in racing it's so honest and individual in that you if you prepare well for a race and you put in the work you can you know it reflects well on the results it doesn't necessarily come down to so much luck or yeah what you're timing so yeah it's a yeah, more individual sport I guess you can control your future a little bit more in that you can just enter the races you want to do as well it's not so dependent on anyone else you're free to go yeah, you was, um, I know you're a privateer. You're still a privateer? Yeah. So still a privateer. Yeah, so Carl, my partner Carl, basically he's my, my right-hand man in all of this. Um, we do a lot of riding together, training, just planning out the year, how what races to target, uh, like what the goals are, and then looking back at what races we can do to to prepare for those and to, uh, yeah, what what we want to do as well. Like being a privateer, you, you're free to 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 pick the races that you're really interested in that suit your strengths. So it's, um yeah, it's really fun in that aspect as well. You, you do it for the love of it. And Carl was your coach uh, before you became partners or was he a coach? Yeah, it's like a loose term, I guess you could say. Like we don't really yeah. have like a set training where you do intervals yeah. of this on this day and intervals of that. Like it's more cycling for us is more just like a lifestyle enjoyment. I guess you could say we have like the goals, obviously, that you want to do well in and there's the our cycling generally like trends towards improving towards that goal. But day-to-day, it's quite flexible and it's quite just got, like it's basically just going out for rides and just enjoying it for what it is and enjoying, you know, including other people going on group rides where you can and just challenging yourself and, and just having fun. So I think that's, you know, that's a lot of the reason why I'm still cycling today is because my year is basically just riding and enjoying for what it is and <laughs> It doesn't yeah. feel it's not it's not like you have to do it. You never have to do anything. You just you do it because you want to do it. Yeah. That's I can definitely see that from your Instagram feed. It seems to be sort of get out there, have fun, and you're always with people. So that's one of your keys to staying motivated. Yeah, like definitely, it is easier to if you want to do a hard yeah hit out to go out and uh, jump in with some guys that are a bit faster than you and challenge you. You don't have to 
you don't think about what you're doing or you just think about holding the wheel. And, um, yeah, I really enjoy that part of cycling, just just holding the wheel. And, yeah, I'm super lucky to be surrounded by people that are faster than me and particularly guys that I can uh, get that challenge from. So, um, yeah, motivation through that. But, like, I also do enjoy riding on my own a little bit. It's, um, yeah, you get to call your own shots and it's quite it's peaceful as well. So it's a good balance to be able to do both. Yeah, definitely. And if we can go back even further before you're running as a young kid, were you quite competitive as a young kid? Yeah. yeah. Any early signs of your competitiveness? <laughs> definitely had a competitive nature since day dot. Um, and kind of everything I do, I guess you always just want to do well. And, um, you know, and that's, I think that's, it's been one of my strengths where you just, you know, every time you get to a race, you know, you want to compete with it. doesn't matter about the preparation, you know, what's done is done and you get on that start line and you just want to do what you can. And, yeah, nothing else matters. You just focus on the task at hand. And, yeah, I really enjoy that aspect, definitely. Yeah, with um, some of our professional athletes on the Rapid Ascent podcast, I always like to go through some of the practicalities of being a, a pro athlete so this is a full-time job for you mountain biking uh no it's, no it's um it's a full-time hobby job <laughs> but when yeah. i'm in Gong, yeah i also work as well at a healthcare clinic um yep. which i think also actually gives a lot of balance and perspective like it's so nice to go there and it's a great team of people that i work with and it's totally switching off from you know, cycling and what you what you're achieving in the cycling world. There, like the people are super supportive of what you do and interested. But you know, at the end yep. of the day, you've got to do a a job that doesn't relate to your fitness level. And and you know, you operate with people that are just normal everyday people. And it's um yeah, it's really nice to get that that balance as well. And this year or last year, I also finished my degree in communication, so I was studying uh, full time for the last year to check that one off so congratulations on that yeah thank you yeah it definitely helps to have well my experience it definitely helps to have something else on the card so you can just kind of get that break and that perspective from so it allows you to break out of the mountain bike bubble and the cycling bubble yeah it's important like it's something i enjoy cycling definitely but it's you know, there's other things in life as well and developing yourself as a person. And I think, you know, the more you can develop yourself as a person also translates well into how well you race. So, um, yeah, life has a lot to offer. And that's um, your work is permanent part-time or casual? or I imagine you have to have a fair amount of flexibility year to year to, to keep in line with your schedule. I'm incredibly lucky in that aspect, yes. it's um, They're supportive of what I do. And um, yeah, when I whenever I'm in Wollongong, I'm able to get do some work with them. So, and then when I'm away, it's it's never an issue. So, yeah, it's a pretty unique situation, that's for sure. And um, yeah, don't take it for granted. I know how lucky I am. <laughs> yeah, it's it's brilliant to see employers getting behind you. And I imagine you work day to day with people that wouldn't even know what mountain biking is. Yeah, well, I've started to learn what mountain biking is and what Swiss cycling <laughs> is, and <laughs> and all of that. Yeah. Also, like in Wollongong, you know, we've got the World Championships on the road here in 2022. So um, the word's starting to get around what cycling is if they didn't already know. So, um, yeah. yeah, generating a bit of a buzz, which is pretty cool to see. Yeah, I know 
one of our prior guests, Josh Carlson. Do you run into him out on the trails? Yeah, I've seen him at the cafe a few times as we ride past. <laughs> no, yeah. he does, um, yeah, see him out. He's not out right out coming the other direction. Yeah, he, yeah, exactly. He's, um, yeah, he's out on the roads and out on the trails up early and um, he's always, yeah, out and about. So, yeah, it's cool to see, like, there's heaps of really great mountain bike tracks here in Wollongong that you can ride and a lot are made for a bit bigger bikes. So, um, yeah, it's a great stomping ground to train in, that's for sure. And do you get home much back to New Zealand? Uh, it's not as much as I'd like, I guess, um, but I definitely make the most of it. Like there's also quite a few, there's a lot of great racing, mountain bike racing over there. So I try to tie it in with think, mountain bike races and get to see the family uh, at the same time. So enough, but yeah, could always be more. <laughs> Can't do it. It's only four hours across the Tasman, but um, sometimes it can feel like a lot more. So, yeah, yeah, no, it's, I imagine it's quite difficult to fit in your racing schedule plus a study schedule and a work mm-hmm. schedule as well. So, exactly, and then you want to go to Europe for six months, though. <laughs> <laughs> and I see on your Instagram feed, have you recently been to Europe? Yes, so I had a couple of trips this year. Actually, um, went over in the beginning of August. And did a few mountain bike races. So did Swiss Epic uh, and did a build up towards the Marathon World Championships uh, in Switzerland, uh, yep. which went really well. Actually, went finished fifth there, so that was a big, uh, big highlight of the season for me, the international season. And then carried on, did a wines to Wales in South Africa with my partner Ariane Luthi, and then went back over. Came home for two weeks, uh, graduated, and then went back over to Spain for a competition, the Zwift Academy Finals, in early December, so for a week, and then came back. So, yeah, I got some air miles this year, that's for sure, or last year. (laughs) Yeah, I see on your Insta feed the the pick from Sierra Nevada in Spain. Uh, How was that in terms of riding? Did you ride over there or too cold? You know, well, we did. We um, So there was a few challenges all along the week and then the last day we rode uh, 120Ks and finished at the top of Sierra Nevada. So it was, yeah, it was an amazing time. It was uh, just the whole area was quite beautiful and we had good weather. It was the sun was out and then just some snow at the top. So we stopped in at one of the cafes for some lunch at the base of the hill and you just walk into this old spanish cafe and it's got the whole wall was just full of photos of pretty much every professional you could name from the last 20 decades like two decades uh on the wall that they've been to this cafe as well so it was quite historic and uh pretty cool to see the history in in uh for road cycling that's for sure yeah very cool that's maybe you might see your own photo up there someday yeah, yeah. Well, I was with the Canyon Tram team, and I was surprised that they didn't have a photo up already. They'd been there a few times, so <laughs> ah. yeah. No, it was um, yeah. Like having the Road Worlds in Wollongong in twenty twenty two has sparked a bit of a um aspiration to to transition a little bit onto the road. I've done a lot since coming back from this camp. I didn't win the academy finals, but I've been it, um, but I have been, like, I've maintained a lot of mo- motivation, I guess, maybe even more from the finals, seeing how close you get and seeing how you 
how I ride compared to how these professional road cyclists ride who are on one of the best teams. Like it's pretty cool to see their setup and, um, yeah, and kind of dream a little like what, see my holes and my performance and what I could do better. And, um, yeah, the summer coming up is actually just waiting to hear about some selections uh, that I've applied to do a few road races in Australia and, and um, but of course you need a start. So hoping the New Zealand national team will give me a bit of a start at some of these big UCI races and I'll get to, yeah, test myself. Um, I've got good form at the moment. So, yeah, so fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's, that's very exciting news. So maybe a, tran- a little transition to the road for you over the coming years. Yeah, like I think being a privateer, you you know, you think what do you want out of the sport and, um, you know, what what do you want to achieve? You do it cause you, because you love cycling. So, it's, so um, yeah, so I've done some incredible mountain bike races like throughout my career in, in New Zealand, in Australia, in all around the world, had a really good time. I uh, went from cross country, you know, and I went to Commonwealth Games. That was a big target that I set two years earlier but leading into that Kyle and I made a plan to get there and to qualify and and um yeah took that box the race itself was a bit devastating like I got a flat tire in the on the first descent um you know but that's all part of the game and then just rolled on forward I'd, I'd never really done much on the marathon scene and naturally like I have good sustained power so last year I gave that a bit of a crack I did a heap of marathon races in Australia and New Zealand and then went really well overseas so it was you know it was cool to see like what I could achieve on that arena as well and then now going forward it's like you know do you either uh, try and get a bit better than fifth at world champs try and get on the top step or on the podium at worlds or do you or do you you know take it for what awesome experiences you've had and then and try yourself try your hand at something else that you haven't really explored properly before so yep. you really have a big window as a cyclist to just uh you know ride your whole life um you know yep. other things you want to achieve as well so yeah so you just got to make the most of the time that you have yeah absolutely and at a young age you're only 29 yeah, I thought I was an old age <laughs> for my cycling. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, uh, I have been as racing. Sorry? Oh, as you say, cycling, I mean, a lot of guys are just um, hitting their straps at 28, 29 in road cycling especially, so there's still plenty of time. There's still plenty of time and, yeah, I guess biologically. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of women as well who are racing in their 40s or up to their 40s, which is, you know, a long time away, but... You know, it's hard, like, in terms of, you know, financially, well, especially being a privateer, but it, it be, making a career out of the sport is is pretty hard. Like, it's it's yep. pretty hard. So, you know, if you want to achieve other things in life, like having your own family as well and actually having a career uh, where you make some good money and, you know, get your own home and things like that, then, uh, yeah, you kind of have to prioritise your time and if it's a little bit. Yeah, would it get to the point where you would sacrifice those things or are those uh, goals and priorities that you someday want to have, like a young family? Definitely. Um, Definitely. Yeah, Yeah, so, yeah, so, um, yeah, the window for me isn't really super long, I guess you could say, to 
uh, yep. achieve more full, you know, with so much focus at the moment. I've got, you know, I give time, a lot of time and energy to cycling at the moment. And, um, yeah, I'm not going to be able to do that for for 10 more years. So, so, yep. yeah, so I guess that also kind of, you know, a bit of extra motivation in that, you know, you, when you when you if you do get a start at a race you want to do you know you you make the most of it because you it might be your last yeah your absolutely last. yeah and what you touched on briefly the Commonwealth Games there before is that your biggest achievement to date I know you've been a a multiple winner of the the Cape Epic and other big races across Australia uh, the the Great Otway Gravel Grind last year and then yeah. overall the uh, Otway for the weekend so. Is yeah, that so, right up one of your biggest achievements? Um, I haven't done the Cape Epic. Um, but, yeah, like being national champion on the mountain bike, Oceani champion on the mountain bike. Um, yeah, I did quite well at the World Cups as an under-23 as well, cross-country. Um, yep. And, yeah, four years ago I was like, I want to go to the Commonwealth Games for mountain biking and I want to go to the Tokyo Olympics for mountain biking and so yeah it was a huge uh achievement to make it to the commonwealth games um and then yeah it was a bit of a disappointment just leading into the olympics like new zealand doesn't have a spot new zealand wasn't going to have a spot we don't even have a spot for mountain bike road or time trial actually so there's no woman from new zealand going over for cycling in those disciplines okay um, but, uh, but you know, this is sport, you know, you put your targets on things that you'd love to achieve in your in your life if you could do anything and some things you can do and some things you you can't do and, and you know, just yeah. as much as they are bad, they also, you know, give you an opportunity to go, hey, well, why don't we change the pathway to something else that's something maybe that would, would be actually a bit more better towards your strengths anyway, so... Yeah, yeah. That I think, yeah, just constantly evolving. And that was exactly what happened last year. Like I started racing early January, in January. And then like if you planned out the whole year and said you'll do all these races, I'd be like, you're joking, there's no way. <laughs> but then if you just yeah. take them as it comes and you go, hey, this is going good, why don't we do this now? And then, yeah, just let it evolve naturally more. Um, yeah, it's actually it's, uh, it's pretty awesome to see what you, what you can achieve. Uh, yeah, so it was the Cape, is it the Cape to Cape that you've won before? Yeah, so Cape right? to Cape, yeah, port to port and then and reef to reef. So I've been heaps of fun uh, racing across yeah. Australia in those events, definitely. Yeah. So the Cape Epic being the event in South Africa? Yeah, the big one. So yeah. Cape to Cape. And uh, I know you were targeting Tokyo 2020. So that's off the list now. Is that is that still a target? No, it's totally off the list. Like having no New Zealand doesn't Just, have uh, any any spots yep. yet. So it's totally removed. But um So that's the function of needing to be in the top twenty one nations or something? Yeah, and there's there's no not enough women uh racing from New Zealand to get enough yep. points for the country, so it's um wasn't gonna happen. But uh yeah, next year or this year, sorry, um the road worlds actually have a really hilly course. It's got 2,300 metres of climbing uh, in Switzerland. So it's, yep. I think that would actually suit me really well. Um, so, 
It's a tough. The World Championships is arguably held in higher esteem than the Olympics, would you say, for cyclists? For road cycling, some people will definitely see it that way, but I think it depends what kind of cyclist you are. Like if you're a GC rider, you probably wouldn't think the Olympics would be the most, yeah, you wouldn't consider the Olympics to be the most important race for your program. But if you have a good bunch kicking you then and you think you can win it, then, yeah, definitely, it definitely would. For cross-country mountain biking, the Olympics has a lot of prestige. Like it's more of an individual sport and, yeah, it's uh, – yeah, that would be the highlight for the year, definitely. Yeah, that's – I know you were targeting that for quite a while, so you've reset for the World Championships by the sounds. Um, any immediate goals for the for the following 12 months or the coming 12 months in 2020? Yeah, so 2020, so I'd like to – I want to race uh, the World Championships for New Zealand in September on the road. Yep. And then I also – so wrote a few road races this year early this year uh well I definitely can start the New Zealand national championships and then I'm just waiting on selection for the other UCR races for the road as well so that's like kind of like the road uh pathway and then uh there's also a heap of um mountain bike races I want to do in Australia as well so a bit more Australian based I think this year and compete around here and a bit in New Zealand and then just do some really specific trips over to Europe, like particularly hopefully around the World Championships. Uh-huh. And hopefully uh, some mountain bike races in Australia will include the Otway Odyssey happening February 22. Uh, you're going to find out later in the week, aren't you, whether, whether or not you're coming in 2020? Yeah, so I should know on Friday if I've been well, exactly what my calendar is going to shape up like. So it's on the calendar and I had so much fun last year and, um, yeah, it was a really good time down there over the whole weekend. So, um, yeah, I hope to be there again, definitely. Was that your first Odyssey last year or you've done it multiple times? Yeah, well, it was my first one, yep. And um, it was, yeah, I didn't really know what to expect, but it was, yeah, the trails were incredible. It was really Awesome, uh, big day out on Saturday, and then enjoyed the gravel grind as well on the Sunday. Like it was first time over in that side of Australia, even so. To see the Great Ocean Road, it was yeah, it's really, really spectacular. So, yeah, we'd yeah, love to be back again, again this year. Yeah, we hope to see you again. The Otway Ranges are certainly pretty spectacular. Uh, you were first overall for the Great Otway Gravel Grind, weren't you? And second to Holly Harris on the Saturday. Yeah, uh, overall queen of the Otways for the weekend. Is that Bring up there with one of your career highlights to date? Yeah, it was. Uh, it, that was actually my first race, I believe, of um, 2019. So, uh, it, yeah, it really got me motivated for the rest of the year. It put some. It was a hard race that you had. to dig pretty deep in terms of those hills and the trails but it was it was so much fun and um you know it really it kicked off a really good year for me for 2019 so um yeah it's uh it's uh definitely on the calendar to to enjoy it again this year yeah we hope you can make it this year and if we can touch on we get a lot of trail runners uh, adventure races mountain bikers cyclists all types of listeners that tune into the to the podcast can we go through briefly it's a 100K marathon on the Saturday and then 97K on the Sunday. So it's a pretty brutal weekend in terms of distance covered. Can you take us through some of your training methods and 
maybe, I don't know, your top three tips for in the lead up to something like the Otway Odyssey? Yeah, so we so for training I'd normally do like two big days back-to-back or easy day, then three big days back-to-back. So it's kind of Monday easy, Friday easy, and then do blocks of back-to-back hard days. And I think having, you know, those endurance, uh, hard endurance days back-to-back in the legs, you know, it really it really pays off on day two on the gravel grind when you're, you're already pretty empty after day one. Um, so, yeah, some big rides. Go with your friends so it doesn't feel so long and so arduous. Um, <laughs> And then, you know, nutrition and uh, hydration is obviously pretty key as well to get you through through those events. So making sure you've got enough liquids on board and uh, can fill up at the hydration spots as well, extra bottles where you, where you can. Um, and then, yeah, just keep gels, bars, whatever you can digest, whatever you like to eat, and just make sure you just keep consuming throughout the races. Uh, would be the other one and then just enjoy it because it is it's fine it's what you're there for um yeah it's uh races like this is what makes cycling super fun so so yeah go enjoy it definitely go to the local pub the pub is great it's got great <laughs> <laughs> good beers you can't miss it everyone will be there outside <laughs> so yeah the forest brewery is uh, is uh, one of the best breweries i think down in on the surf coast and in the Otway ranges so Yep. Definitely get along there after the racing on Saturday and Sunday. So, Definitely. Uh, in terms of camping and the rest, did you stay in an Airbnb or did you guys pitch a tent last year? Uh, we stayed in an Airbnb pretty close to the race, actually, which was which was really good. We literally so Kyle came and raced as well, so we rolled out of our out of our Airbnb to the start line, and then after the race, we could just roll back as well and have a shower. So that made logistics super easy and that everything was just at the house and you were never far from it, from your things and from having a shower. So, uh, but yeah, there's heaps of options. Camping would have also been a good one. Like the weather is normally pretty reliable at that time of the year from what I understand. So yeah, that was a hot one then last year. So. Early start in the dark. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> oh, that's right. So, uh, it's such a long day. I actually forgot about starting in, in the dark as well. Yeah, but it's not it's not too bad. You just yeah. Yeah, yeah and um, Rapid Ascent and the team have put together a program for the Odyssey Angels. So there's a heavy focus on that. Um, where do you see the the future trends for female participation? Obviously, a lot more female participants than there was ten years ago. Do you see it growing or across the board? Yeah, I think cycling's yeah. just becoming more accessible for everyone, and even like with the development of e-bikes, you know, people who are who only weren't really at all cyclists and now are just taking to the bikes for just to get out in the hills or get along the bike path. And, um, yeah, it's great to see uh, women's cycling as well growing. There's getting a, a lot bigger, stronger communities and having a few other women, to, like I know myself, if I can ride with another woman or a group of women, you know, it's a to- totally different experience and a really enjoyable one, um, especially for mountain biking in terms of like skill progression and things like that. If you see another woman hit something that you think is quite scary or a bit difficult, you know, it gives you a bit of a confidence or a just you feel like you can try it because she tried it. So it's, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of women out there in mountain biking supporting each other. So it's uh, yeah, it yeah, cool to see they're getting involved in the racing as well. 
Yeah, we've set up a, a separate start line for for the girls as part of the Odyssey Angels program. But that doesn't sound like it really bothers you. You, you said at the start of the podcast that you love taking on the guys, so not much of an issue for you. Well, I do. Like, I love racing with the guys, and that's you know, it's a it's a hard race, and um, you know, yeah, you know, you're in for a hard day, and you can challenge yourself to your absolute limit. But I also, I really love to have the separate woman start, and that. You know, these are the people that you're racing and and you can race tactically a bit different. Um, you know, you're not so affected by, I guess, men because at the end of the day you are racing the women. So, um, yeah, not having any other interferences throughout the race is a, is a really, really big benefit. Um, for the first time this year I actually did a stage race as well that was entirely it was only the woman, so there were no men on course whatsoever, and just the dynamics of that were it was awesome. It was so good to be a part of. So, yes, yeah, yeah, um, so really, yeah, it's a really, really, yeah, a benefit to the race. It's um, is that is that event in New Zealand? I did see an all girls. That might have been a trail running event. Uh so that was actually one to Wales in South Africa. So they the men race on another weekend. Yep. Um, so it, yeah, because it does it does impact the race like a little bit. If you've got men starting, you know, who might even if they start a little bit behind you and they catch up, and then maybe tow someone a girl can jump onto them and then they get towed around a little bit, or you know, it just it just changes the dynamics. Or if you've just you know fallen off the bunch and then a, a man a male group comes through and you can just get a tow back on, it's um, yeah, it's it does it changes it a little bit. But you even see it like in a lot of races I've done in Europe now when women will have a separate start, but the women are really, like, really disciplined in that if a, a male group comes past, they won't jump on and you're not allowed to ride the wheels or anything like that. And if you, anyone yep. sees you or says anything, you know, it's really frowned upon. And I think that's that's super cool and it's um, going to support the sport a lot and um, help it develop. So Yeah, for so, sure. We on board with that definitely yeah we definitely welcome female participation at the Otway Odyssey and the the great Otway gravel grind the day after uh you touched on e-bikes briefly there Samarak can you give us your take on the e-bike revolution good bad indifferent good so good like (laughs) it's so good in terms of getting more people outdoors riding bikes just having fun it's so good all different ages people that wouldn't be able to ride even simple things like a bike path or a rail trail you know now they can go further and actually get out on their bikes and and enjoy it so um if it gets more people outdoors riding bikes um i think it's a good thing for sure yeah that's uh, it seems to be the general opinion among cyclists and mountain bikers that it is good and a lot of people who use e-bikes for injury recovery and all sorts of different reasons so things like that that's for sure yeah yeah like in Wellington, as well, it's like even at home in new zealand you know it's a quite a mountainous region um and, you yeah. know and everyone, you have to climb for maybe 30 minutes 40 minutes to get home but now with e-bikes you know people are yeah more inclined to take the bike instead of taking cars so it gets more cars off the road as well which can only be good yeah you're seeing a lot of different designs and things in in inner city suburbs especially melbourne sydney proving to be quite popular so i think it's the growth trajectory is only up i think for e-bikes at the moment yeah i agree 
Um, so you can go pretty quick on an e-bike and pretty quick uh, without an electric motor. Going quick means sometimes big crashes. Have you had any big crashes that sort of took their toll on your mindset towards racing and the rest? Anything that made you think twice about getting back, back on the bike or you've always just straight back on the bike after injury? Uh, always been straight back on the bike, yeah. So uh, I have had some injuries racing on the road. I raced the Giro. I started racing the Giro once and then I uh, came around a corner and just slid out and smacked my ass into the gutter and cracked my sacrum. So that was probably the worst. Over in, yeah, that one wasn't very nice. Um, yeah, I had to lie down for a few months after that. Just for a few months. Other, but uh, oh, I just—it's such a sensitive spot. Like it. Yeah. Yeah, things like that. Sitting down and you, sitting down wasn't any good. Um, so that was yeah, definitely I've had some. Opened up my knee pretty much. I used to open it up every race as a junior. I'd crash on my knee and just split it open. <laughs> it's my so technique. More recently, prepared with band aids and yeah. stitches. <laughs> Yeah, it used to be the sign of a good race. Is your knee bleeding? Yes, yeah, good job. <laughs> you had a, real, a red hot go. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably feel that when I'm a little bit older. But um, I yeah, I definitely don't crash as much now as when I was a junior. I think you kind of maybe grow out of it or don't want to hurt so much. But I had a one recently um, in 2019 where I was just out training on the road and a car didn't see me and just pulled out in front of us on a side street and I um yeah hit it head on and then flew over the bonnet and rolled down the other side of the road but, um I was pretty lucky in that I was quite light and so I just kind of tucked chucked my knee out and rolled which took away you know most of the impact it could have been definitely a lot worse but um yeah yeah like even today yeah. so that was beginning of June last year and I like I am totally fine and that I can ride again with things now but like I still have it's a totally different sensation that my left leg just fatigues a lot faster now and you have like little niggles that take a long time to recover from like after mm -hmm. it crashes I think now as you get maybe it's getting a bit older as well or just concrete just bites but um <laughs> yeah so like okay, uh, you know Having good support, like I, yeah, I've got the a really great physiotherapist, Daniel Mitchell, looking after me, like helping with a management plan, like to this day where I'm still just treating it and getting it uh, stronger and and um, yeah, so it can doesn't fatigue so much as my as it used to. So um, yeah, injury is definitely part of cycling. You know, you never want them to come, but sometimes they just do, and you just but, yeah, it wouldn't take me – it wouldn't deter me from riding. You know, you, that the enjoyment for riding is just – is yeah, I wouldn't want to do anything else at the moment. Yep. So, yeah. So it always drives you to get back on the bike? Yeah, and, like, you just take it for what it is. Like, you you know, gives you more time to focus on other things in your life and just the time passes and then soon you're back on your bike and – you know, seeing progression and things like that is, uh, you know, it's also quite satisfying. So, yeah, take it as it comes and, yeah, hope for the best. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it's a good attitude to have. And I oh, spoke briefly there about your support crew and how important it is to you. So you've got Kyle, 
as your partner and coach and a good physio. Is there anyone else in your life that's really special and kind of followed you from day one or supported you from day one? There's a number of like family and friends who have just always been supporting me from day one. Um, you know, I think that's just having a really strong family and friend, like uh-huh. uh, support network in general, I think is quite important to to achieving anything that you want. So, yeah, just people to talk to and and um, I guess enjoy your life with it. It uh, makes it, you know, like if you do well, it's so much, it's so nice to be able to celebrate the victory. Um, with other people so I have a family uh in Germany now so we're Carl and I have been based the last few years and they kind of just took us into their home a little bit and under their wing and you know they're not family by blood we literally met them in a pizzeria uh in the town and you know and now they're family so <laughs> you know so yeah. it's little, little things as well and, German family. yeah so now we have a German family yeah so you know, and, you know, I, I couldn't have achieved what I've achieved, you know, without their help um, from Germany, you know, like, you know, it is as a privateer, it is super expensive to do what you want to do. So if, you know, if someone yep. can help a little bit here or a little bit there, you know, it goes a long way. And so, um, yeah, and then to have them over there and then when you're racing and when you race well and uh, have a good time to have a glass of champagne with, you know, it's uh, – you know, it's uh, those special moments are, are pretty cool to have. So, yeah, that's but fantastic. My immediate support team, it's pretty much, yeah, Kyle and I, and then, yeah, great physiotherapist as well. So, yeah, that's brilliant. And is there anyone else that you look up to in terms of mentor, uh, both inside of cycling and mountain biking and outside of uh, mountain biking circles as well? Anyone that you look up to, especially? Yeah, there's um so like Pauline definitely. She's um achieved a lot on the road, on the mountain bike, cycle cross. Uh, you know, a really diverse rider, but I wouldn't say there's really just you know, it's not really just like one person I look up to. It's you know, there's so many podcasts these days actually, you can really learn a lot about a lot of um, you know, really amazing people. And um yeah, I like listening to everyone's stories and how everyone gets into the sport and you know, what they bring to it and their perspectives as well. And I think, you know, there's a pretty, some pretty special people in the worlds of cycling um, that you can just learn so much from. Um, and it's, yeah, it's uh, just constantly filling the motivation uh, bucket, I guess you could say, just other people. Yeah. Uh, Pauline, obviously, as someone big in mountain biking, just want to explain who that is just for people outside of... she's the current um cross-country world champion so she's from france and then she's also marathon current marathon world champion as well and she was a former uh road and cycle cross so uh Mm -hmm. she's a big hitter (laughs) from france and can ride a bike really fast and well also what i like about her is she's quite uh she's quite grounded in her approach and quite honest um you know with her social media postings and and things yep. like that. So it's um, yeah, I think to have someone up there at the top who's who seems comes across quite chill and quite grounded is uh, you know, a really good role model for the for everyone. Who looks yeah, like I find that. a lot of um, athletes within the mountain bike world are always quite down to earth. I think it's because they yeah. work hard and they 
know the value of earning every single dollar and every single cent. Like it's not easy getting to races on an international circuit. It's not. It's definitely not. Yeah, and not you know, there's not not many. There's like almost no pathways, especially from the side of the world. It's you know you really have to pave your own path to achieve the goals that you want to achieve. So um, yeah, it does it does bring some really awesome uh, characters into the sport. That's for sure. And in terms of goals, looking forward, you touched briefly um, with regards to their 2020 calendar. Um, you finished your degree. Is it a yep. degree or a diploma in communications? Yep. Finished. So I've been doing it extramurally for a long time. And then uh, last year when I found out that there wasn't going to be an Olympic spot for New Zealand, uh, I was over in Europe at the time. And then so I came, sorry, 2018, I found out that there wasn't going to be an Olympic spot. Then So I came back to Australia and then just picked it up full time and knocked it off. So yeah, so that's definitely there, and um, yeah, it's another exciting pathway I will take one day to pursue my career um, down that channel. So yeah, you never really know. You kind of just follow your nose and what you love and what you enjoy doing, and hopefully I'll get a start yeah. somewhere this summer and um, yeah, see what I can do a little bit on the road as well and, um, and just keep enjoying the mountain bike races for what they are as well, which is just a really good time. Uh, and a good challenge. Who knows what's going to happen, hey? (laughs) You certainly don't. And, well, communication sounds like it's something you could fall back on quite easily. Maybe media or something for a big mountain bike brand. Yeah, exactly. So it's I took it because it was quite a broad subject, really. It also applies a lot. Like the skills that I've learned through that have helped a lot with my mountain biking career. And, and, um, yeah, so... So one day I will definitely use it full time and obviously to use it somewhere where you can also uh, combine your passion of mountain biking, you know, that would be really the ultimate goal. Yeah, it's um, certainly there in terms of an option. And have you got any top tips, I guess, for young female mountain bikers or cyclists, even female athletes in general? Have you got any top tips for uh, mindset preparation for events? And staying motivated? So motivation would be through running, riding, whatever your sport is, with other people um, to find that community that you can, uh, other athletes you can ride with and just enjoy your sport with. I think that will help a lot, um, definitely with motivation. And then for performing, it's, um, you know, you can only do what you can do, so you kind of just have to leave behind, you know, everything else and just enjoy enjoy the event for what it is and make the most of it you know it's a pretty awesome opportunity to be able to race and to put your skill set into practice and don't be afraid to make mistakes and and just uh just just go for it no regrets yeah exactly very good advice um really enjoyed having you on the show today samara have you got some training to do this afternoon or you're already done for the day uh, I do. It's really smoky here today, actually. So I did a cyclone's whip this morning. So I'll get out for another one this evening, um, definitely. But uh, yep. Thank it's you very much. It's been great to chat. Yeah, it's been awesome to chat. I hope we can see you on Feb 22 at the Otway Odyssey, and yeah, Feb 23 as well at the Great Otway Gravel Grind. You're the defending queen of the Otway Rangers, so we hope to see you back. 
would be awesome. Thank you very much.